Hello and welcome to The Exit presented by Flippa. I'm your co-host, Steve McGarry, and this is a 30-minute podcast where we sit down with expert entrepreneurs that have been there and done it. They have gone through and bought businesses, they've sold businesses, and they have operated incredible businesses on a day-to-day basis. We get some awesome tricks and tips from them on a regular basis. And on this episode, I sit down with Melissa Kaufman, the co-founder of The Garage. But before we dive into this episode, definitely be sure to check the previous episode out with my interview with Shaquille Prasla, the founder of SC Ventures. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, definitely check the show notes as well as any links around where you're listening to this on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or iTunes. Definitely check out the links in the descriptions. So for today's episode, I sit down with Melissa Kaufman, the co-founder of The Garage at Northwestern. And one thing that you're going to want to stick around for in this interview is she talks a lot about their study. They've been doing this incredible research on entrepreneurs and some of the specific characteristics that they have early on in college. And there are some doozies in here that you're definitely going to want to stick around for. So without further ado, let's dive into my interview with Melissa. What is up, everyone? I am here with Melissa Kaufman, the founding executive director of The Garage at Northwestern. How are you doing today, Melissa? I'm great. How are you, Steve? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So let's dive into the nitty gritty here. Uh, Let's figure out your story. Let's hear your background as to what led you into starting The Garage at Northwestern. Yeah, so the garage was has been probably the happiest accident of my career. <laughs> uh, so I started, I spent the first two years out of school uh, in New York City working at IBM as a strategy consultant. I loved in New York. I hated being a consultant and quickly realized uh, I was in the wrong place. So after a lot of soul searching and research, I was lucky enough to get a job at Google as an associate product marketing manager, APMM. I was the second year of that program ever. And I spent five years at Google, uh, half of it at, in Mountain View at the headquarters and half of it at YouTube after we acquired them working on business development partnerships. I then, uh, being in San Francisco and Silicon Valley kind of was drawn to working at startups because you hear about these startups and how great they are. Uh, the first company I worked for is called um, Lovocracy. So I started following, sorry, it was uh, Polyvore. I started following product managers. So first I worked for Polyvore, then I worked for a company called Lovocracy, and, and one was in uh, fashion, one was in social shopping. At that point, I was sick of building other people's companies, and I started my own company, uh, which was one of the first influencer marketing agencies that specialized in Pinterest and Instagram. So I'd seen teenagers in their bedrooms at YouTube amassing huge followings, and the same thing was happening again on Pinterest and Instagram. Nice. Nice. That's the first part of the story. And then, (laughs) so that was all out in the Bay Area. Um, Then I met my now husband, who was going to Chicago for one year uh, for a fellowship program. So I came to Chicago thinking that um, I would just do a little consulting or take some time off because I was just shutting down my company at that point. And instead, uh, I was recruited by Northwestern for something called The Garage. And I didn't know what that was. But I knew that I loved working with students. And um, at first, I thought maybe I would just be a mentor or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead, they recruited me to be the founding executive director and really build a a program for them. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I just kind of walked in one day and fell in love with the, the program. Yeah, it was, you know, it was just one of the most serendipitous things. Like, you know, I went to undergrad, but I don't even have a graduate degree. So I thought like, what would I ever be doing or teaching back in academia? 
Um, but it's really been an opportunity for me to build what I wish I had had as a college student. I've always been interested in entrepreneurship. So this is an opportunity to build something new from the ground up um, and also to come in and treat it like a startup. So to understand you know, who our Northwestern students are undergrads and grads and PhD students and uh, what resources do they need and really pull everything together in one place so we could give them a, a true kind of entrepreneurial experience while they're students. Nice. Yeah. And I, I love the, the fact that you had run a business. I think that there yes. is a lot of <laughs> controversial things around teaching entrepreneurship uh, and, and, and having not run a business. So that's valuable. That's extremely valuable just then on its own, you know, just you having run a business, teaching it to people that to students is extremely valuable to pick up on that. Yeah, I mean, it's very scary to like leave a job and start a company and kind of the risks and the emotional journey that you have to go on in order to do that. And I think it's important to have done that before encouraging others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, taking that leap is definitely a big differentiator for sure. And one of the really cool things and part of the reason that we wanted to do this episode together is you've been doing a lot of research on entrepreneurs and, you know, working with the, the young and up and coming talent, I think that you have a really unique perspective on this. And, you know, this has been well talked about for many years, like what makes a good entrepreneur? And if you could give us any sort of knowledge nuggets around <laughs> you know, what, what your kind of, uh, I won't say definition, because there can't just be one, you know, but what would you say characteristics underlie a, a really amazing entrepreneur? So I'll reframe it for you slightly because I obviously I've spent the last five years I've been building this program thinking about this and I'm going to borrow something from an entrepreneur, an Australian entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur named Sam Prince, who he and I over a, a taco lunch once described, he explained to me that he believed that entrepreneurship is not an identity, it's an activity. And I really like that and it stuck with me because it's, I think there's a lot of pressure uh, in the media to like be an entrepreneur, to like have, take that on as an identity. And I think that you, you know, you can be an entrepreneur if it's, if you think of it as more of an activity and something that you do, you can be, you know, you can be doing an entrepreneurial activity, but you're, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. And there may be times of your life where you are doing that activity versus other times where you aren't. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the way that I think about it. So if it's an activity, you know, it's much like a, a sport, like basketball, like you could teach anybody the rules of the game and how to play. Um, and that's kind of the foundation of what we do at the garage. It's really about teaching students, you know, what is an entrepreneurial skill set. But more importantly, you know, if I'll continue with my basketball analogy, like if you're going to be an elite athlete in something, there's a, there's a huge mindset component to that as well. So we really like to talk that about, um, you know, for our students, we're teaching them not only the skill set of, of how do you come up with an idea and validate it and build an MVP and all of these things, um, but also the mindset. So how do entrepreneurs think and act differently than other people when they are being an entrepreneur in that entrepreneurial activity? And the vast majority of the students that we work with at the garage don't become entrepreneurs right after graduation. It's just, that's a huge undertaking. Um, some of them we found will go to a more traditional job and then leave that job and we'll start companies. So we're five years out. We're starting to see that with some of our young alums, but about 90% of them are going to go take a job right after graduation. Um, and I think that having 
gone through some of our programming and picking up that entrepreneurial mindset and skill set, it allows them to be successful in lots of different roles. Because I think that fundamentally that if you are a, you know, creative problem solver who is gritty and can deal with the ambiguity, that makes you a better doctor or lawyer or accountant or any other profession that our students might pursue. Got it. Well said. Well said. Thanks. I like that. The activity. It's like the, the ultimate sport going 24 seven. <laughs> 365 days a year. Well, I think, you know, I really had to think like there's so much information on the web these days and, and podcasts like this one where you can consume a lot of information on how to be an entrepreneur and how to come up with your pitch deck and the process and fundraising, all of this stuff. Um, but if you take it a level, there's so much more to it that I think you don't really understand until you're in it and you're doing it yourself. So the garage gives our students the opportunity to work on an idea that they're really passionate about. And my job and my staff's job is not to help students understand if their ideas are good or bad. That's kind of part of the journey. It's like, we want them to figure out for themselves, like, are they the only person in the whole world who wants this? Or have they, are they able to find a group of users or customers that want this as, as much as they do? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, realizing, learning that your idea is, is terrible is, is almost as valuable as realizing that it's great. Yeah. So, yeah, for about 10% of our students, um, Northwestern students are pretty smart and capable. So about 10% of them actually do find product market fit and launch a company immediately following graduation, which I think is crazy, um, but good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. So can you walk me through that a little bit? Like what, what kind of companies, I guess there's probably all different walks of course that are coming out of a good think tank kind of concept, like the garage, but what what types of companies are, are you seeing come out and any any ones that are kind of notable to mention, ones that have exited, things like that? Yeah. So uh, one the first acquisition out of the garage was a company called Zcruit, uh, founded by Ben Weiss. And it was a football analytics recruiting software is where it started. That's, you know, like every entrepreneurial journey, not where the product ended. Mm -hmm. uh, but he worked on it after graduation. You know, he worked on it while he was a student at the garage for about two years. He did all of our programs, including you know, our summer pre-accelerator program and some of our incubation programs. Um, after graduation, he worked on it full-time for about six months and then acquired, and then it was acquired by a larger company. And he's still there running Zcruit now inside of a larger corporation today. Nice, nice. So some other examples, I, they're all over the place. Um, we had one student, um, working on drones with computer vision on them that was for inventory warehouse management. Oh. I think his project has also pivoted. He's doing some other things now. He's raised money. Um, we have had some ed tech companies, some social impact projects, um, lots of different things that are out there in the world. No, no unicorns yet, yeah. but with enough time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, you touched on something, you mentioned gritty and I've, I hear the word grit quite a lot um, with, you know, in tandem with the activity of entrepreneurship where mm -hmm. people are very much able to persevere through whatever may be thrown at them. And I think that that's one of those unique, these unique things that come to the surface through failure and they, they're constantly kind of driving through all of these failures and you're learning and you're iterating on, on yourself as you're going through it. So from where you sit as someone that's really guiding these young, these young individuals through this program, how do you see, uh, how do you see that kind of working out? How do, how do people deal with failure while they're in your program? And how do you, how do you kind of help 
them them deal with that. Yeah, so I would say coming into the garage, you know, we have a lot of undergraduate students, a lot of Kellogg MBA students that participate as well. Um, we have students from all of the all of the schools at Northwestern, but particularly those two groups, um, they come in and they're super risk averse. So they hate failure. And you have to think about it. Coming to an elite school, um, you know, you've done really well at everything, academics, extracurriculars, your whole life. Um, And they don't like the idea of failure and they're really uncomfortable with it. And they're quick to give up on something. So if they fail, then they don't want to work on that anymore. So there's kind of some deprogramming that we have to do with them and teach them that if they want to do something that deals with more ambiguity, like entrepreneurship, that failure is part of the learning and the venture and like of, of starting a new venture. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've done little things to try to build it into our culture and to, you know, the garage is it's a really different place. Your listeners can go online and do a virtual tour, um, but it doesn't feel like you're in a classroom or an academic institution. It feels like, you know, I've had uh, employees of like Facebook and Google stop by and say, Oh, it kind of feels like work. And that's what I'm going for. Like we want, an environment that feels different and and you know we have raw cement floors we've really leaned into the whole theme of the garage the name the garage I had a really big problem with when i started because like oh it's so cliche coming from the bay area yeah. um, but we're actually in a parking garage so we're on the second story of the north campus parking garage so we've really kind of leaned into that garagey theme so you know the raw floors and all of that and we want to i wanted to create an environment where where students feel comfortable failing and we have a, a weekly dinner that we do um, we call it family dinner, at least we did pre-quarantine times, mm-hmm. um, where we would, uh, we'd have dinner and usually have a founder come in and tell a story, kind of their own entrepreneurial journey. Before we start that meeting, um, students will get up and share kind of successes, things that happened that week if they launched their app in the app store, they got a new customer, like successes. And students are more than happy to tell you about all the things that are going well. Yeah. But before we serve dinner, one, at least one student has to get up and share a failure. And they really don't like doing this. So there's some days where we'll stand there for like three minutes, which is a really long time (laughs) and wait until sheepishly one student will come up and volunteer. um, And we memorialize it with like a confetti popper to like make it more fun. Um, And it's kind of become like part of what we do. And it's, and I think that, you know, I've had students tell me that that is such a cathartic experience is to get up in front of their peers and talk about, even if it's a minor failure, right? We like, we launched our website and like nobody came or like, mm-hmm. you know, we rolled out this new feature. Everyone said they want it and like everyone hates it. Um, <laughs> I, I think that that's like great for them to do that and just get really comfortable with it. And it, it kind of, it passes on to this, to the, you know, the newer members of our community that like, this is a different kind of place and that like failure, you know, and they all, they'll talk about what they failed at and then what they learned from it. Yeah. And in front of the peers means uh, uh, exponentially more than, you know, a one-on-one style meeting because in front of your peers, the people that you hang out with on a regular basis, the people that you respect, the people that you're kind of in the trenches with in a way uh, that is, I can see how that would be really valuable to a young, a young entrepreneur getting their, their footing. And if anything, I would be curious to see if people start sharing a little bit more over time their failures is that the case or are people becoming a little bit more reserved over time how do you how do you see that happening they've definitely come to embrace it more and they know that it's an expectation um it's also you know it's also nice to hold back the food until somebody shares a failure because <laughs> everyone's pretty hungry usually yeah. um but again like you know you have to if you if you want to 
help a community over some of their own ingrainedness, uh, you have to kind of have these cultural touch points that will encourage the kind of behavior you want. So in this case, you know, I'll often say like, hey guys, if like, if nobody's failing, then I guess nobody's doing anything, which is probably true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said, <laughs> well said. So you are doing some research right now, which we are. Uh, I'd love to highlight and, and have you kind of talk a little bit about what are you guys currently researching? Yeah, so this is a fun one. Um, so we, so I partnered with a professor in our clinical psychology department to understand a little bit more about the personality traits of entrepreneurs. So we, we are using um, a tool called the Hogan Assessment, the Hogan Leadership Forecast Series. So Hogan's a company that traditionally works with um, C-suite executives to both select and develop um, their talent. So we are using it as a tool to understand um, kind of the personality traits of our student population. And we are also looking at uh, some of the personality traits of what I will call accomplished entrepreneurs. And these are individuals um, who have had a co-founder title, have often scaled something from zero to tens of millions of dollars in revenue. Um, and for some of these individuals, they're, um, some are serial entrepreneurs, some have taken companies public or had a significant exit to an acquiring company. And what we're doing is uh, that this, this group has also taken the Hogan assessment and, and we have no ties to Hogan except for a research relationship. Um, my my, my co-founder of this research project uh, really believes that it's, it's one of the best scientific tools for personality assessment out there. And we've been giving this assessment to these accomplished entrepreneurs and looking for any similarities in personality and compared to kind of the general population. And there's been some really interesting initial findings. So for example, there's one element on this um, personality assessment is called prudence. And high prudence is usually associated with following rules and process and Mm -hmm. order. And we're finding uh, that on average, personality, most entrepreneurs have a very, very low prudence score. So that kind of speaks to their willingness to break all of the rules, take really big risks. You know, and I personally, I've taken the assessment, I, I think I scored maybe like a 20, like an 18 or a 22 on prudence, which seems pretty low. Um, but some of our, our accomplished entrepreneurs are scoring like one or five. <laughs> um, so it may be that like, you know, some of these really, really successful entrepreneurs um, just have very low prudence at the end of the day. So cool. those are some of the things that we're starting to find. We are looking for more participants in our study. So I'll put it out there to all of your listeners is that um, if you fit some of that criteria I talked about and you'd be willing to take a 45 minute personality assessment, uh, we would love to have you participate in our study. And we'll be putting out some, some findings uh, pretty soon. So look for those as well. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so the, the grand finale question that I ask everyone is knowing what you know now, what would you tell Melissa 10 years ago? There is so much joy to helping others experience entrepreneurship. I think, um, you know, it, it, it was something, like I said, that I had been interested in since college. And, and when I was in school, there just wasn't a community or a place like the garage to go to. Um, and it is so wonderfully rewarding and fulfilling to help 
um, other people experience that. So, you know, I think, um, I think I was hesitant into going back into academia and, uh, and working with students, but it's just been an absolute joy and a pleasure to do so. So I would encourage all of your listeners, like if you live near a university that has any kind of program like this and you are an entrepreneur investor, um, maybe see if you could mentor or help out. It's, it's incredibly fulfilling to um, pass on some of your, your wisdom and your, your hard-earned lessons from living a well-lived life. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that's, uh, that concludes the questions that I have for you. I want to roll out the red carpet. You know, I know you mentioned the, the survey, but where do you want people to go and learn more about what you're working on? Yeah, uh, the best place, if you're interested in the survey, you can email us at thegarage at northwestern.edu. You can just mention that you heard this, uh, this podcast and you're interested in participating in the study. Um, if you just want to learn more about The Garage, our programs, and, and all of the things that we do with students, you can check us out at thegarage.northwestern.edu. Amazing. All right. Well, if you guys are listening on Spotify or iTunes, definitely check the show notes. All the links to what Melissa was talking about uh, will be in there so you can check them out. But once again, thank you so much for coming on the show, Melissa. Thank you. It was awesome. Thank you so much for listening through this entire episode here on The Exit presented by Flippa. This has been a really fun episode specifically because with Melissa's study researching all of these amazing young entrepreneurs and just the Northwestern college student population in general and comparing them together is a really fascinating piece of research. So I'm going to be leaving the links to their study and all the research that they're working on on the show notes so you guys get a chance to check out all of the links. You'll have an opportunity to actually go through the research study if you are a successful entrepreneur that have exited businesses, started businesses, and things like that. And it is a fantastic study. I went through it myself. And they are collecting some really powerful information. So it would help uh, to have you contribute to the research for them. So definitely check that out with all the links uh, in the description as well as the show notes. So you guys can go and put in your two cents in terms of how you built your businesses or if you bought businesses or sold them in the past just to help out their research and really further uh, what we look for in early stage entrepreneurs and how we can help. So that is it for this episode of The Exit. Definitely hit the subscribe button because we have an amazing episode coming up shortly after this. So definitely hit the subscribe and I will see you guys on the next episode.